morning. I am your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the June 5th, 2018 edition of Ask a Voter. That's right. You heard our time-honored ritual of piping you directly into the California primary election taking place today. On the same day, Alabama, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Mexico, New Jersey, and South Dakota are also going to the polls. Unlike the general election coverage, I won't be hopping around the country for the primary. We'll stay with California. We're probably staying really close to Orange County with my guests, asking voters about their election stories. The polls are now open and will remain so until 8 p.m. Stay in line if you're in one tonight at 8 I'd like to introduce now my KUCI radio intern, Gloria Elena Estrada, who will be co-hosting today. Then we'll hear from a host of voters, each with a different story to tell. No echo chamber, Ask a Voter is not one. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after a station break. Thanks for staying tuned, everybody. That was, of course, the fanfare for the common man, I call it. It's it's a big, fat tip of the hat to all the voters. Welcome back to the show. I've got KUCI intern co-hosting with me today, Gloria Elena Strada. And Gloria and I are going to have on as our first guest, Craig Preston, Director of Administrative Services at Formula Consultants and California Coordinator of the Conservative Caucus, member of the Citizen Climate Lobby, and Associate Delegate at the California GOP Convention last month. He comes to us today from Anaheim. He's at work. Thank you for uh, checking in with us, Craig. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you. So you're our lead-off voter. Gloria will follow you in the next segment. But we want to ask you our time-honored questions. When, Craig, did you first register to vote, and what were the circumstances at that time? I first registered back in my first two years of college, and uh, it was based on where my friends were and how they were registered, and it was just something to, to do. And I was not really educated, didn't come from a family that studied the the politics very well. Um, And over the next few decades, it's developed over time for me to learn more how to vote and how to vote as an educated voter and get more involved. So um, what were the, sometimes people when they reflect on this, the circumstances when they first registered to vote, was there any like big candidate or big proposition, measure, something going on or recall or anything? Um, I remember being in high school and President Reagan was shot, and that was jarring to me. I wasn't able to vote yet, but it just was, wow, this is serious stuff. And uh, I think uh, Mr. Mondale was running and came through my college town, so that was my first ever time that? seeing a political candidate. And uh, so it was more than a chance to see what, what it's like when somebody's stumping for their, their political view. So where was that? San Luis Obispo, California, Cal Poly. Oh, okay. So you weren't in a voting culture in your family, but there were peers that were bringing you into a voting culture. Is that how that worked? Yes. Okay. Well, that's... And I... Yeah. Fine. So what... um, Right now, I mean, you've been involved in a lot of climate 
policy, climate action, and you're with the Citizens Climate Lobby, as I mentioned, the Conservative Caucus. Now, that's not the that's not the com- the Climate Caucus. The Conservative Caucus is a separate caucus matter, correct? Yes, we're just normal citizens that have an interest in seeing Congress move on climate change, both Republican and Democrat sides. And so we are conservatives and liberals that are joining in, but the conservative caucus is is conservatives, libertarians, and fiscally conservative independents that want to join Citizens Climate Lobby. And so we're building our ranks within an environmental movement that's typically fairly liberal, but we're bringing conservatives like us inside. So when you were at the, the GOP convention in San Diego, early May. Did you get uh, any kind of, uh, any new customers, any pickup where you were working that crowd, where I saw you there? Yes, that's our fourth time tabling at the GOP convention in California. Each year it gets a little easier. Uh, It's still very politicized, and that's probably our biggest thing, is that we don't want it to be politicized. It's science and protecting and national security. These things should just be talked about on both sides of the aisle. And so we want um, those voices out there. So we were pushing the idea of how the Climate Solutions Caucus has 39 members on the red and 39 members on the D, and they join in pairs, and they come together to bring their ideas to the table. I would tell people as they walk by, uh, there's a saying that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, and I'm tired of us conservatives being on the menu. And so especially here in California, uh, cap-and-trade's been great, but we think there's even better ways to do it in terms of putting a price on carbon. And so ExxonMobil and other great statesmen that worked with Ronald Reagan, they're pushing ideas that have conservative values and can also lower emissions and keep us safe. So, Craig Preston, so that is a seg into my other time-honored question is, why are you voting today? Today I'm voting, I voted by mail. And I think as I've been developing, I learned years ago, about 10 years ago, that I can't just be filling it in without doing some research. So I started spending a little bit more time each year studying the issues. I did vote early, thinking that that would help. With this jungle primary, actually now I regret having sent in my ballot so early because of the jungle primary, uh, only the top two go. So it's somewhat strategic in some ways of waiting. So anybody out there on the uh, listening, if you haven't voted yet, well done, because it could be strategic to study today and go vote for the people that have the best chance to win first and second place in this primary, because those are the ones that go to November. Um, for me personally, then I also jumped into canvassing. This is my first time ever canvassing, but with all the momentum in our country right now, um, I felt it was time to get out there, and I went out to some meetings, learned it was really easy to do and a lot of fun to do. I paired up with people, and going door-to-door was a lot of fun to go talk to people. And partly what I did is I found pro-climate candidates on both sides of the aisle. So if I go to a home and they say, I'm a Republican household, I say, great, we have Republican candidates that are pro-climate. Would you like to hear about them? So, and Craig, you're in the 48th Congressional District, correct? Yes. So that's an interesting question I wanted to ask everybody is how they voted. And so you're here to give a, a miniature public service announcement about maybe holding on to the the mail ballot until you think you've got all the moving targets slowing down into a, a, a fixed position for a, a, your deliberation. That there's With the Internet, there's so much information coming at us, uh, not all of it true, um, but to find trusted voices that can dig through it and help us discern. There's 16 names on our ballot for Congress. 
And so I had to go through and start studying those and find some trusted voices and some blogs that I could study. I then made a list of all my votes, and then I put them on Facebook and on the Internet, and I said, if you know something I don't know, please let me know, because I haven't turned in my ballot yet. And I got four or five comments from people saying, hey, you might want to think about this or this. Was it helpful? And I changed one of my votes. It was. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, is there any other uh, pitch before you go to your conference call with the Citizens Climate Lobby folks? Yes. Anything you want? This is your moment, Craig yes. Preston. Um, Pro-climate. Uh, I felt like uh, Shastina Sandman was a GOP candidate that I felt was being pro-climate, and then on the Democratic side was Harley Ruda running, and I just felt like that's where I wanted to put my energy, that they were going to keep oil wells off our shores and keep us safe. National security is huge, and if we think we have immigration problems now, wait for climate change to hit. And so we need uh, we need comprehensive immigration reform, and I, I really like Hardy Ruta's moderate take on this. I call it the radical middle, and so <gasps> that's what I'm working for is people in the radical middle that are going to actually get stuff done in Congress. So I'm hearing you're swerving uh, around uh, different parties on your ballot. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's a, keeps us out of the echo chamber. That's that's a radical middle uh, proposition to be voting for, uh, not a straight slate, but for all over all over the proverbial ballot map. That I think our system is strongest when we have both parties working towards good policy. And so, with climate change, we don't have time to waste. Well, uh, Craig Preston, he is a Citizens Climate Lobby affiliate and co-coordinator of the Conservative Caucus, resident of Costa Mesa, calling it in from Anaheim. Thank you so much for being on Ask a Voter today. You're welcome. Here we go. We're Here going we go. forward. All right. We'll be right back with Gloria Estrada with her voting story. Stay tuned. Buying a credit is so nice. One look at us and they charge twice. I have my own washing machine. What will you have though to keep clean? Skyscrapers bloom in America. Cadillacs bloom in America. Industry boom in America. Twelve in a room in America. All right, we are back with Ask a Voter. Thanks for staying tuned, everybody. It's my pleasure to bring in, you haven't heard from her yet, I haven't really introduced her, just mentioned her. I have on co-hosting Gloria Elena Estrada. She's a UCI student, and she joins me in studio to uh, co-host. She can just jump in and ask questions. That's (laughs) mighty, mighty fine. So, Gloria, tell us where you first registered to vote in the circumstances. It must not have been that long ago. You look like you're very <laughs> recently started voting. Yeah, definitely. Actually, um, well, first, thank you so much for having me as an intern again. Um, Absolutely. I love your show. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so um, I'll pay you later. <laughs> so, yeah, so I uh, registered to vote, um, let me think, 2016. The, I got my license, uh, and so um, my... Uh, AP government teacher, uh, she actually, um, shout out to her because she got like all of us to register. She was like pounding on us. She knew that all of the high school kids were going to be um, applying for our licenses and uh, might as well just check the box to register to vote at the same time. So that's what I ended up doing um, just before the primaries of 2016 election. Uh, I didn't actually vote for the primaries because I didn't know that I was eligible to vote because I wasn't turning 18 until July. But apparently if you're uh, 18 before the next election, you can vote in the primaries. 
Oh, that's right. We forgot to cover that when I had the the good Orange County Registrar voters. So this is another PSA about that, folks. Mm. So what's do you remember the uh, the the time frame within how many months you need to be uh, when it's if you're prior to the general and uh, you're eligible to vote for the in the primary even though you're under age. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I had, that's the threshold is before yeah, November. Definitely. Yeah, because uh, I had registered in January so I was uh and although I didn't turn 18, yeah, 2016 and although I didn't register uh although I wasn't turning 18 until July, I was still eligible to vote for the primary. Oh, that's that's a very very good point. I forget that. It's <laughs> and and it does capture a lot of people, especially if there is a a big vibe going on. So, what were the circumstances are for you, what what were you watching? What were the circumstances around your region? Now you talked about your AP teacher, and the, yeah. uh, those they they just set people on a whole career, <laughs> um, a, a culture path of of citizenship. Some of them. So, what, what tell us your story? Those circumstances around what you yeah. were registering. So, um, like uh, Mr. Preston, Craig Preston, right now. Yeah, I also uh, registered to vote because it was kind of the thing to do. Everyone was voting, and it was actually the huge uh, 2016 election. Like, uh, it was kind of crazy. So many like. Uh, Republican candidate, so many like it was going crazy, you know. And um, well, what do you mean by that? Crazy in what ways? I mean, there were just so many options. Everyone, I don't even remember how many uh, like Republican candidates there were, but that's all we were discussing in classes. Like how many people were like uh, running, and then how many people would actually make it. And just the things were constantly changing, and it was awesome to see it in action. You're constantly hearing about it in like. Um, classes like government class but i didn't actually uh i i got to see it in action for once and it was um it was amazing um but also a little scary so we were all uh um ready and eager to vote and i really liked that about my class is that everyone was super like politically involved okay okay fine (laughs) so were there any but there were were there candidates that were pulling you at the time or uh yeah so uh i didn't actually get to uh, vote in the primary but um i but did you were watching yes yeah. i was watching um i saw the <laughs> just um yeah i i was leaning towards uh perhaps like carson or someone uh, more like republican but uh all of my friends were definitely going for bernie sanders i remember that everyone thought he was like the coolest guy in the world well, all right, let's let's dive a little bit into that. So you're feeling maybe a little bit kind of in a, a minority about that. How So how does that, did you get into a, a banter with everybody about what they were doing? Or did you sort of kind of withhold that and just listen to what they had to say? How did that work out for you? How well, did you work it out? Yeah, actually, um, being in like a kind of a more like liberal school, I was a little more quiet <laughs> about the fact that I would be voting more conservatively, especially since we had like um, Donald Trump running uh, for Republican, someone uh, who like was trying to like build the wall and me being like a Latina is not exactly for that. So I couldn't exactly say that I was voting like uh Republican, so I didn't tell like many of my uh, well, my close friends knew <laughs> they did, okay. but yeah, but I wasn't going around like debating people except for like a couple like uh, issues that I genuinely cared about, which are the issues that I like base like my candidates on uh, is like whether they're uh, like pro life or like pro religious freedom, like those are the two that I uh, pri- prioritize, but I have to look into like everything about them. So yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for at that time. I wasn't going around debating but there were lots of debates to like watch in on and listen to 
It was oh. really interesting. Okay. So do you have, um, why are you voting today? I mean, you now, have you, how did you vote first? Oh, I voted by mail. By mail. So, when, yeah. And, something like, Craig, did you already send it in a while ago? And then, I oh, did. Uh, maybe I should have. <laughs> and which district are you in? Congressional district. Uh, I'm from L.A. County. Oh, that's right. I yeah. You know what? This is like the fifth time I've asked you that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. just, I just reset it every time I ask somebody. So, you, anyway, you've already voted? Yeah, I okay. have. Yeah. So, uh, I got my mail-in election. I'm super excited. And uh, I, like, researched candidates right away and uh, voted on a whim and sent it in. And now, yeah, like, uh, Mr. Preston, I kind of wish I would have, like, just taken my time with that. Okay, well, that's a, that's going to be a, a theme I think people are picking up on is, and I, I tend to do the same. It's also I I hang on to mine because I use that as my little sheet for people who want to you know go through it. Yeah, and I never, and this isn't about me, folks, but I I choose not to just shove a slate out for people to to check off. I it's an interactive measure with me. I want people to understand why you know the rationale the context and yeah if i can cough up nuance i'll try that too. <laughs> so and so why gloria are you voting today so today i'm voting because um i want to vote in a primary <laughs> finally oh, yeah, uh, this is your first <laughs> yes <laughs> i want to vote in a primary i want to vote uh yeah mainly i'm here for uh I was there to vote for, like, governor. So that's what I was doing all my research in. And then for the rest, I was, like, Googling people, but not, like, as in-depth. Yeah, there are some good profiles on a lot of these people. <laughs> right. That's it. So what's your best source for finding out um, their motivations, their priorities, yeah. their endorsements? Where, where do you go? I go, well, I also, I check their websites first, obviously, just to see what they're putting out there. Uh, and then I also check, like, not necessarily the things that like drag them because I know I don't really take those seriously. The ones that are only going to look for the bad things, but I do look at things that. Uh, let me see. I, I was reading on uh, L.A. Times about uh, Viragosa. Like they had all his like expenditures, like all the things that he was spending money on in the time that he wasn't governor. Um, and so yeah, I was just reading that uh, a couple days ago, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, shout out to Seema Meta, who's. Uh, one of the columnists they've been covering this yeah. really really extensively mm-hmm. and there's there's no re- and by by the sunday paper there was a great deal of detail about the two mayors of former mayors of very large california cities and mm-hmm. that it it taught me additional things i had yeah. or reminded me put back in perspective what what sorts of legacies both of the 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 two top democrats in running for governor uh, brought there so anyway so you found that's where you you were looking at the times and the and and googling different sites yeah. that, did you go to their websites i did yeah i checked obviously the candidates websites uh and yeah just profiles on them any anything that i could find like i googled them individually as well as well as the ones like the procrastinators guide to like california thing that's where i started and then i went into their websites so for your voting and as my last question to you before we go into a break and bring on our next voter how about um so did, do you feel like you're sort of fine-tuning since I mean, it's, it's like a year and a half since you voted in the 2016 general election is there you're sort of realizing oh this is this is more your political self. Is that changing? Yeah. Um, Dynamic situation? I um, 
I don't know if it has. You know, I've been. Uh, I feel like I did more research for mm-hmm. the twenty uh, sixteen election. For uh, I mean, even though I wasn't voting in the primaries, I did a lot of research on all of them because we had um, we were discussing it in class a lot. Um, this time around, uh, I didn't take my time with it as much, and I've been getting like more information even after I voted. But yeah, uh, I definitely see room for like change there, and I hope that like in the future, I like get more time because this is something very important i think that it's worth caving out time to like look into who you're voting for okay that it couldn't be more more succinct (laughs) we're going to take another music break on ask a voter stay tuned everybody won't you All right. That was a cover of Save the Country, the Laura Nero. I'm going to bring us to another music break, unless Gloria had another uh, sort of observation about what's going on in on the voting day today. Have, did did you um, happen to walk by the important uh, the er, the voting structure uh, outside the administration building? I haven't seen it yet, but it was actually really nice. I was walking uh, over here to the station. I heard some people discussing, like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go like vote like right after I get out of work." There's like a poll right down the street um, from me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was nice to hear that, you know, nice to hear that, like, a lot of, like, people are into voting now, I think. Um, I I hear people talking about voting, and maybe it's just because, like, those are the people that I'm around. But I think that uh, I've heard a lot more people are going out to vote um, lately. Well, that's... That's exactly what we're we're hoping to hear yeah. from. As, as I always muse with the registrar voters for Orange County, Neil Kelly. I always end the interviews with Neil. Here's to 100 <laughs> percent voting turnout, yes. and that we we chime into that. Well, what I'm going to do is put us on another music break, and we're going to call up Matthew Cunningham. He is a political strategist, and he's working on the 48th congressional district campaign for Scott Boss. So stay tuned. We'll be right. Back all. Thank you for staying tuned. We do have a taker. She is Carol Moore. She is the mayor of Laguna Woods. I believe she is going to be completing her first term this fall. She is a no-party preference. I want to welcome this morning to Ask a Voter, Carol Moore. Good morning. Good morning. So, I ask everyone on Ask a Voter, when... Carol Moore, did you first register to vote, and what were the circumstances at that time? Oh, you you have to consider how old I am. <laughs> so it's been a very long time ago, I, 50 years ago, really? more than 50, and frankly, I don't recall. I'm sorry. Oh, well, no, no. Well, 50 years ago, it was more than, so it was at least in the 60s, if you're... Um, 
If well, could, it was even before that. Even but before? anyway, I, you know, I don't recall. I'm sorry. I was young at that time, and it's kind of hard to remember what you thought when you were young. Well, you can remember. point of view is different. Go ahead. Oh, excuse me. So, well, would you consider yourself, though, a very regular to a habitual voter? Since then, I, I do vote now. I, strangely enough, I if I don't feel informed on something, and, and on this current ballot, I did. It wasn't issues, but a couple of candidates that I frankly did not have enough information, and I thought I just would not select anyone because I wasn't going to give a vote to someone to just to be filling in a blank. So I didn't feel like I had enough information. There's so darn much information necessary to be a, an informed voter. On each of these, it's tough. Well, you where know, do you go? Particularly some obscure uh, uh, positions. Go ahead. So where do you like to go to get your information? Well, I use the computer a lot because I don't watch television, and I so I use, I may read, uh, for example, let's say it's the NEPA virus. I usually look for the current, the most current uh, article on it. So it could be from a variety of sources, but uh, obviously I'm limited somewhat because at some point they'll, they begin to say you, you've exceeded your, uh, you know, your ability to read this newspaper this month. So if I am limited a little bit, but I do use a lot of sources, everything from Reuters to name it, you know, Sacramento Bee and the Mercury News, and it could be anywhere, whatever has the latest, and I like to see different points of view. Okay. So then we'd like to ask, and and really, really fill it all the way out here for us, flesh it out, is why are you voting today? And, oh, by the way, how did you vote? What what means did I you voted- use? I voted uh, by uh, mail-in ballot. Okay. And it al- has it already gone out? It gave me more time. The reason I, I like that is it gives me time to lay the ballot out, and then as I get uh, information, actually, I actually felt I was getting close enough to the date because I was having trouble getting, you know, formulating my position on uh, various uh, uh ballots uh, points, and I wound up having to take it to the post office because it was probably like the third maybe or something. So I drove it right to the post office and put it in because I had waited so long, but I felt like I needed all that time. I wasn't procrastinating so much as I was, you know, trying to get more information, make sure I understood where I was going with something. And I, go ahead. So, and how, (laughs) and why is it that you're voting today? What brings you to participating in this election? I think every election, I, I, as citizens, we really do have to participate. Uh, a citizenry that doesn't participate is going to get what they deserve, and uh, that's not good. We need to be informed, and we need to understand so we make the choices that affect all of us. So I'm wondering if, as mayor of Laguna Woods, you've got the your hand on the pulse of that's probably, is that not the best maybe turnout percentage of any particular place in Orange County? Seniors are really I, very dedicated voters. Yes, I do think you're right that the, the people are, but I think older voters tend to be more uh Perhaps understanding the, when you're young, you have lots of things going on. Looking back at my own life, I realized that I was busy with my children and, and working and that kind of thing. And as you get older, you have time to reflect on things, and you see how decisions that seem uh 
not important really can be important and, and how where things can go if you're not careful and if you don't participate, make your voice heard. Okay. So any um, particular <laughs> any particular things that are bringing you to this one? It's a duty, uh, I hear. Probably the, I, I, I look for a couple of things I yes. look for. I look for uh, the environment is important to me, and I, but I also look for... Uh, Someone who's good with money. I think our, our current governor he did a very good job with the budget. Uh, it's, it'd be pretty hard to fault him. And so I was looking for similar. I, I, that's important because if we don't take care of the money, we, we could uh, you know be in deep trouble. So that's important to me too. Somebody who's who understands we need to do things, but we also have to make certain we have the money to do those things. Okay. And are there, which congressional district are you living in, Carol Moore? Uh, are you in the 45th? Uh, yes. Okay, okay. And I had to stop and think for a moment because who was even running? Yes, I believe I am. Oh, because there's so many. There's so many running. I know. Here. So I there's know. a flavor. I the one for senator. Oh, my word. Did you see how many candidates there were? It took a whole page. Right, right, right. And that's why everybody's reminded that if you're mailing your ballot, and you can still mail it today if you're sure it's going to get to the Registrar of Voters office within three days. And the three days is it means it has to be there on on the Thursday, I believe. So, um, you're right. Actually, do you realize I was one of those people that benefited? Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually, when I ran my my term for council, I won by 17 votes, and I thought I had lost. And I thought, oh darn! And then the votes kept coming in and coming in, and slowly it went the other way. And so it is interesting. It made it for, for a very exciting race. And I think this. I'm wondering if this one will be like that one. It'd be interesting. It is. Now, you bring a very interesting point, is how important votes are. So what was the margin of your victory then? So my well, I told you I just won by seventeen oh, votes, this, okay. and it was so I was so sure because it, this was before all the mail-in ballots had been counted, and they do trickle in, right, right, right. And so that that those mail-in ballots slowly, you know, there are quite a few of them. Uh, often with, uh, and I think in our community they tend to be a higher number too, right, because uh, older people want more time to think on it and so forth. And as we've mentioned, they do participate. So I wound up winning by. Isn't that amazing? I, here I was losing by, I think I was losing by 221 okay. when the poll, the, you know, that evening. And so I thought, well, my gosh, well, by golly, days and days go by and more ballots trickle in and they count and I wound up winning. So it was quite an exciting uh, time. I, I was totally surprised. So I was just clarifying for me and for listeners that if, when you said uh, the 17 votes, I, I checked in with that, but I wanted to make sure that wasn't where you were, where they were close and then you pulled up way ahead but you pulled up from behind I went up, 200 up to we 17. were even i was we were now even like 221 because wow. each day it would you know it slowly go up go up and it, it was going up on my side but the, the but the number of positive yeah. for me was only 17 votes my goodness that's, that's such an that's important. Not very many yeah. so you can see how important your vote is so i think the filing date for municipal candidates is still ahead of us Correct. Yes. And July, are you probably uh-huh. are you filing to run for another term? Yes, I will. Okay. Well, you you can make a pitch on your way out today on Ask a Voter. <laughs> what, what do you want to? You can say as a uh, an incumbent running for reelection, uh, anything you want right now. I give it to you. I, and I know well, you're not going to use any obscenities, profanities, or indecencies. 
No, no, I, I shall not do that. Uh, I do encourage people to, to take the time, think, consider the issues carefully, and make certain that they participate. It's important to all of us. And Carol Moore, this uh, voice of authority, not only as an elected official, but there she was progressively engaged with a, a tech conference at UCI, where I met her a couple of weeks ago and where we uh, interacted about what's, what's important. So, well, Carol Moore, mayor of Laguna Woods, thank you so much for being on this Ask a Voter edition. Thanks for voting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back when I can get someone lined up for another Ask a Voter. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Tina Raymond with Lift Every Voice. We are so fortunate that we do have Matthew Cunningham on the show today. He is a he's president of Pacific Strategies for practically two decades, so I just figure he knows where a lot of bodies are buried. He was co-founder of Red County Blog and he is on Scott Baugh's campaign at the California 48th Congressional seat, and that is a hot seat, folks. There, you got to watch that one really closely. Where he is—he comes to us today. He's on the move all over Orange County because he's got family members that need to get places, and he's got a candidate that needs to move into a general election. Matthew Cunningham, welcome to Ask a Voter. Thank you, Claudia. Thanks for having me on. Well, I've, I'm going to ask you first. When did you first register to vote? What were the circumstances at that time? I registered to vote for the first time after uh, when I turned 18 in 1982. Uh, it was a very different time. It, you know, Ronald Reagan was president. We we're really at the height of the Cold War. Um, I was very politically I was very politically aware for a teenager, and I was you know, already my politics were pretty conservative. So I was very motivated to vote. Uh, that was the congressional midterms. Actually, where Republicans uh, took a, took a beating uh, during a recession, but. Um, I was really happy to cast my first vote. I think I voted for Congressman William Dannemeyer, if I remember correctly, as my as my representative uh, back in '82. So that was in California too. Yes, Orange County. I was right. born and raised in Orange County. Okay. So, and those are the circumstances. Any other circumstances? Anything? I mean, were, were you were were you raised in like a a, a voting culture, Matthew? Yes, my parents are both pretty politically aware. Uh, you know, they're both conservative Republicans, and you know, I, I absorbed that. I kind of a, arrived there on my own by that point. I, like I said, I, my, when I was in eighth grade and I graduated, I asked for a subscription to U.S. News and World Report as my graduation present. So I just devoured news, even at that age. So I was very aware of the Cold War, um, you know, the struggle between us and the Soviet Union, uh, and there's a big fan of Ronald Reagan and his effort to lower taxes and kind of roll back uh, the federal government. Um, you know, looking back, it was you know, obviously a very, it was a polarized time, not only quite so polarized as, as politics are now, but uh, even, I still think, I remember back then there was still a lot of, uh, you were kind of all hazy and fond of our memories of Ronald Reagan now. Back then there was still, there was a lot of partisan vitriol directed at his way, and I think we, uh, you know, probably helpful to keep that in mind 
so we don't think that this is an, necessarily an exceptionally, uh, an overly polarized, an overly vicious political environment. Were you watching as the U.S. World and News Report was measuring an opening deficit at the uh, in the Reagan administration? Yes, yeah, it's interesting. I think at the time, uh, when I remember Ronald Reagan was running for president in 1980, and there was a $40 billion deficit, federal deficit, and everyone was acting like that was like, wow, what, an, what a huge deficit. How do we overcome this deficit? We've almost become uh, habituated to large deficits, you know, not... Notwithstanding that period in the 90s where you know, the federal government was running a surplus, I think people almost, just the numbers are so huge, they, they, their eyes tend to glaze over. So, Matthew Cunningham, I'm, I am going to ask a little bit about the, the campaign here, but first, which congressional district do you yourself live in? I live in uh, the 46th congressional district, which is represented by uh, Lou Correa. Okay, you're up there in northern Orange County. And so tell us, why are you voting today? Or, and how have you, have you already voted? How have you voted? Uh, I did. I've, I voted absentee. I mailed my ballot in this weekend. Um, I don't think I've missed an election since I registered to vote in 1982. So one, it's, it's, it's our civic duty. You, know, you can't, you're not in a position to complain or criticize or uh, about what the government is doing or isn't doing, or what your elected officials are or aren't doing, unless you participate and cast your ballot and try to influence the process. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's, it's vital that we all take the time to learn the issues. Uh, so I vote, I go through that. I, you know, I usually publish a little personal voter guide that I've, I put on a blog and I mail out to friends, and, and uh, they appreciate that. Yeah, I think there is important. There's a lot of important issues uh, on the ballot this June, even though there's no statewide. Uh, and in my congressional district, it's not really contested. But in control of the House of Representatives, whether it's going to be whether the Democrats will take it over or the Republicans will defend their majority, to a large extent, is going to be uh, could be determined today by the outcome in in these four Orange County congressional districts that are where there's some hot races going on. We surely can tell by the amount the press has been all over the country covering this for the last, I would say, probably the last six months or so. And I know you've been they've been talking you up, too. I have a co-host. She's a, a radio intern, Gloria Estrada, and she, she has a question for you, Matt. Sure. Hi. Um, so I was wondering, uh, where is it that you gather this information for this uh, personal guide? That's... Uh, as a voter myself, it's kind of uh, difficult to find uh, information. I'll agree with the previous caller. Uh, so how do you find go about, like, uh, researching these um, candidates? You know, it's, uh, a co- well, I follow politics fairly closely, you know, just throughout the year. Uh, and, I, and I have, really all, you know, all my life. So you sort of build up a store of knowledge. And, you know, what I do with candidates, you know, based on what I know about a position, I just apply, you know, kind of my general philosophical principles, you know, my, how, my view of what the relationship between the government and the citizen should be and the extent to which that candidate conforms uh, with that view on, uh, it's kind of similarly with, with propositions, bond, like, for example, bond issues. I, in rare circumstances, I tend to vote against bonds, mainly because uh, the state government has enormous bond debt as it is, and I think people... It, it's not, and it's not free money. You know, we end up usually paying twice as much as the bond amount when you when you're, when all is said and done. And uh, with uh, with others, you know, it's I do like a lot of people do. You rely on the opinion of of 
people whose whose relying that people the uh, the inside of people whose opinions you trust, like uh, with judges, you know, tend to consult with people I know who are judges or work for the DA's office or people who have a a better knowledge about uh, what kind of job that judge is doing, and I'll go with their recommendation, uh, or I'll check in with other uh, other political watchers. So, just a few questions, though. Um, you're you've been canvassing, so, yes. There's, there's so many. There's like so many candidates running. I know seventy one cents to mail in the ballots worth of, of a candidate. So, I just lost him there. We'll go to a music break, and we'll. Take care of business with, because I think his cell phone uh, dropped there. So uh, we'll take a music break. Stay tuned, all. We'll just hear some more voices lifting and singing. Be right back. Well, we've got uh, Scott Boss campaign guy back on Matt. Just a f- just a few questions because I've been I've been wanting all since Scott Boss filed right there at the deadline in March. That was very that was very very astutely done. I got to say that um, I've been wanting to have him on the show here to talk about policy. No horse race. I was talking about it was all a policy. So how how. Are you looking? At, you've been canvassing and you've been polling. I'm sure you've got lots of resources to do all that kind of thing. Where's uh, Scott's? What are you seeing in terms of his percentages versus where the crowded Democratic field is today? You're the, you can be our correspondent and inside strategist on this. Well, I think we're well positioned to make the runoff in November, uh, just given uh, you know what we've seen from. Some recent surveys we've been able to, you know, get our. We've had the resources to get Scott's message out. Uh, I, it, Republican turnout is strong uh, and strong enough, and far ahead enough of Democratic turnout. So there's, you know, uh, Scott and the incumbent in Robacher are divided. There's less division of Republicans out than there is of a smaller uh, Democratic turnout. But the blue wave does not appear to be manifesting itself in the 48. So you have. Holly Ruda and Hans Kierstad and some other, you know, and a bunch of other Democratic candidates dividing up a smaller pool of votes. So I think there's a really good chance uh, of a Democratic lockout in the 48th. And, and then you have a, then, you know, beyond November and our effort and defeating Dana Robacher. So that that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. I'm not sure in the midterm primary people are aware of that composition on their ballot, and it's the the national press really has been covering all of this. And that I noticed though, they don't mention Scott Baugh's name, but the dynamic they mention. So they're they're walking around this really carefully. It's it's very really really interesting. So well, I you've got you got places to go, and um, where where are you going to be watching the returns where, uh, tonight? Uh, we'll be at a web an election night uh, watch party tonight in Newport Beach. Uh, so we'll be there watching the returns come in about eight o'clock. And uh, you know, given the depending on the margin and a uh, vote margin, the initial returns, we'll know it's going to be a quick night or a long night. Uh, I think we'll have a pretty good indication of which way it'll go uh, at that point. All right, Matt. Thanks for checking back in with the the cell phone call. We'll uh, we're going to cut to a little break right now, and. Then um, I'm hoping we can get Jorge and Masio. Be right back, everybody. Stay tuned, please. 
just a few more voices. Uh, the last voice here is, and with, we have precious little time left, Jorge Hermosillo is staaff of the Orange County Communities Organized for Responsible Development, development <laughs> bringing workers, families, and community partners together to organize and advocate for good jobs, strong neighbors, and inclusive democracy in Orange County. I've met Jorge at the Citizenship Fair. Jorge Hermosillo, tell us when you first registered to vote, what the circumstances were at that time. So um, I registered. I was able to register to vote um, the second term of Obama. Um, so uh, around that year, I think that was what was that twenty twelve? I think or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I was able to vote, and then um, the, mostly what the issues that really got to me um, because while I was in college, I wasn't very politically educated, um, and I'm queer. So um, a lot of the issues that were being brought up with uh, Mitt Romney. Um, was more about uh, uh, reasoning for siding with Obama was more about his liberal views about gay people um, compared to Mitt Romney's like blatant um, views of gay people. So um, I I went more with that. But um, what really made me more politically engaged was the twenty. Oh my gosh, I'm like losing my train. The 2016 elections, as everybody day. in the world right. yeah. became more aware. Um, but I was a little bit. I was. I was more because I moved to California whenever. Um, whenever around that time that that happened, and I mostly. I know this sounds really bad. I mostly voted for anybody who had a Hispanic name or was a woman, compared to um, a cisgender um, white heterosexual male. Um, so. That was my mistake. Um, that was my way of trying to trying to you know even out the field. But as you all know, um, just being um, of of color and being a woman doesn't make you an advocate for change. So um, this year is a little bit different since my organization does do citizenship. We also are involved in the community with community issues, and I'm lucky to have a support a support group of of coworkers that are very politically educated and can tell me why me voting for someone who's of color and a woman is problematic when I don't understand that what issues they're supporting. So um, that's and then that's mostly my. Um, my reason for voting now is is because you got to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So there is at ocor.org you can find out how you can participate in citizenship fairs. And I want to say that is where I've learned a great deal of nuance in my volunteering at that setting, where I can understand that immigration is a great deal more gray than is debated. There are people that are with papers. They are trying to become naturalized. And that you, Jorge, have taught me about the way in which the immigration federal agencies are drawing out that process and those people are dangling. This legal immigration has a lot more colors than people give it. It really does. And um, thank you so much for saying that. And anyone can get involved by going to OCCORD.org. Um, we have tabs on the left side that say citizenship for anybody who wants to apply for free. We have volunteer for anyone who wants to volunteer for our citizenship fairs. And it is really important because people just think that, you know, when you apply for, for, for any type of citizenship or any type of entry to the United States, it's simple and it really isn't. It's a lot more complicated. Naturalization is just one small part of a way to become a citizen and it's very strict on the rules and you as a volunteer you understand because you have to ask those questions and um, it's very easy to become a volunteer 
Um, it's just a small, simple service of helping someone fill out a government application means so much to them that to you it might not mean anything, but to them it really does mean the world. Oh, it's a two-way street in terms of mm. meaning and fulfillment. I, I make a point of coming every month, just once a yeah. month. Saturday, mm-hmm. that's June 9th for you all listening live at La Quinta High School. But you can mm-hmm. get all the details or you can call 714 621 19 extension 17 to to get on board so i wish we could hear more from you but you Mm -hmm. did you did blend in all of the essential aspects of what accords up to i value and honor what all of you are doing over there i'll see you jorge i'll see you there saturday we got yes okay thank you for having me thank you for being on the show today well that's going to be our wrap everybody we're gonna we're gonna go out with this one thanks jorge Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So we are going to call this a wrap. Next week, I'm going to have on the climate power couple, Shahir Masri and Athena Simoyans, who will be packing up for a tour of the U.S. of A, receiving messages about the shape of the planet and peddling and receiving the messages. In the second segment, Los Angeles Times columnist Chris Erskine has a new book out, Datitude, a tell with the whole gambit of textures out just in time for you know what talk with you next week thank you everyone for listening remember to vote today call five friends to see if they need a ride thank you gloria thank you so much for having me all right everybody this is a wrap bye bye